doesn't matter what product or service you provide, you are in the software business. Software is how we scale to other markets, to other countries, and grow our business in cost-efficient ways that simply were impossible uh, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Typically, we see that sort of outsourced to the IT department, but you can't just take software and kind of sprinkle it on your business. You need to deeply integrate software into and digital operations into the fabric of your business. If you accept the fact that you're in the software business, then you have to also accept the fact that managing a software business is different. And there's five ways that we want to cover. And the first one is sense and respond. Building this two-way conversation with the market that's empowered by technology. Here's what's amazing about a software-powered business. With technology at the core, you are able to learn much more quickly whether or not the product or the service that you're building meets the needs of your customer. The second key to managing successfully is collaboration. The traditional method for software production is linear and frequently outsourced. That comes from a world when the things we made were physical machines that we could assemble in sequence. But creating software is knowledge work, and knowledge doesn't flow down an assembly line. Knowledge is created in collaboration. Modern methods take small teams, cross-functional teams, engineers, designers, writers, perhaps even people like lawyers, whatever your business needs to produce this product, they're sitting together in a small team. Now this kind of change isn't easy to accomplish. It's a facilities problem. You've got to move people from the engineering building and the design building into one space. It's an HR problem. It involves cross-departmental collaboration, but it's a critical component of successful operations in a digital age. The reality is that software never ends, and there is this continuous change that we have to embrace. The pace of that change has uh, increased exponentially over the last five to 10 years, and what that's done is it's, it's allowed us to get our ideas, improvements, enhancements, fixes, experiments, out into the public as quickly as we want to. Amazon ships code to production. What that means is that real customers experience changes to the service every 11.6 seconds, which is frankly amazing, right? Five times a minute, Amazon is capable of trying out something new. Now look, they're not redesigning the checkout process five times a minute. They're not redoing the product page five times a minute, right? They're moving a button three pixels to the right and seeing how that affects uh, customer behavior. They're changing the, the call to action on something or they're tweaking a personalization algorithm to see how that works. Now what they're doing is they're shipping regularly, continuously, and then they're sensing how that affects customer behavior. If that affects customer behavior in a positive way, they do more of that. They scale that launch out, they optimize it, they design it better, they give it to more people. If they sense that that tiny little launch didn't work for some reason, it affects customer behavior in a negative way, they roll it back. Now that's not seen as failure, that's seen as learning. They go and find out why that didn't work. They roll back the relatively small investment they made in that, and they use that risk to further their understanding of how to build a better product. One of the most important things in kind of deeply integrating uh, 
digital technology into your business is, is getting over that culture change, right? You're suddenly pulling uh, software engineers and software designers into a room with uh, business people who have no experience in the software business. That's a huge culture hurdle. To really help kick off that culture, it has to be safe to fail. Failure is how we learn and leadership within the organization has to make it evident that uh, just because we tried something and it didn't work, no one is going to lose their jobs for it. No one is going to take any risk at work if they know that if they get this thing wrong, they're out of a job or they're not going to get that promotion or they're going to get demoted. And so the first thing that, that has to happen is that there has to be some, at least uh, a sponsoring executive or a team of executives within the business that say, look, we're going to give this a shot. It's important that this uh, exploration and this continuous learning be directed towards something. In the sense and respond world, what you're trying to do is you're trying to create an outcome, right? So traditional production is about trying to make a thing, right? We're going to make a car, right? We're going to make the best car we can, but we know if we make a good car, people will buy it. In the software world, that connection between what we make and what people will do with it is much, much more unpredictable. Sometimes you don't know until you try it especially the sort of social systems that we're building, where we're building systems where people interact with each other. Things get very complex and very hard to predict. From a management point of view here, and from in terms of what we're asking our teams to do, instead of saying, you know, we're going to ask you to build a page, or we're going to ask you to create a feature, we're shifting towards creating an outcome. It's not what we make, it's what we're trying to achieve.